You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast with your host, John Chapman, and I am coming to you live from Nashville. What a day after day one of the NFL draft, and it kind of had it all. Uh, obviously, this episode, we're going to be talking about Nick Bosa and everything that he brings. Um, <laughs> if you've listened, you know I was a huge Nick Bosa fan of what he does on the field, um, and so I'm very, very excited about the pick. So we're going to break down all that we know about Nick Bosa right now. Um, also want to go through kind of the draft day timeline everything that just kind of took place as the day went on from trade rumors to stay and put at number two uh, talk a little bit about our division opponents as well but and then we're going to end the episode with who's still on the board there is so much talent and there were a lot of surprise picks that took place in the first round and perhaps even more surprising the people that weren't picked that a lot of people myself included have top tier grades on so um that's what's going to be in this episode, and again, just want to say thanks for all the support. Now, I did talk about how I was going to try to live broadcast from the draft, but unfortunately, there were so many people in Nashville that I, I was able to record some, but it was just inaudible. Uh, the quality in the midst of everybody was just a little too insane, and on top of that, the cell phone network seemed to crash completely in Nashville because there were just so many people uh, all in the same location that you know everybody had perfect lte coverage or whatever but the internet was not working barely twitter was, twitter was barely able to load but it was an absolute blast even with the rain and the gigant gigantic crowd it was it was wonderful time it was a great time so let's start with kind of how the day went on as most drafts, we usually get a little bit of information as to who's going to be picked first. Uh, that's usually leaked out. You know, it, it's been Kyler Murray, the rumors, but still, all the way up until, you know, Goodell went up and made the very first announcement, there were three possible picks Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa, Kyler Murray, um, or a trade out. And 
somehow, you know, they, they were able to get their quarterback, and that's going to be interesting just with our division. You know, what are they going to do with Josh Rosen? Where is he going to land? We'll probably find out tomorrow because he's going to be dealt somewhere around the second round. So um, for those teams that weren't able to get a quarterback today, uh, there is still Drew Locke there. But I think as soon as Drew Locke is picked, I would not be surprised for the trade to take place immediately after that. Uh, I think several teams are kind of hoping to you know get Drew Locke, who fell out of the first round, which is insane to me. Uh, his upside is, is immense. Now, he does have a very low floor, but if he goes to the right system with his arm, there's going to be something special there. And then... We start to hear these trade rumors about Solomon Thomas and Eric Armstead. You know, literally an hour before the draft, Twitter just starts blowing up about how they're shopping these two players. Now, just because they weren't dealt today, that doesn't mean they won't be traded. Um, I, th I believe that both of these players will go for third-round picks. Now, the issue is, is that worth it? Um, what are you going to do with Solomon Thomas? If you believe Solomon Thomas is an outside player like, you know, where Robert Salas played him, then, yeah, I think you need to trade him right now because we're going to ruin this kid's career. Now, I do know in week 14 we started playing him much more inside, but what's that going to look like now? Um, who, who knows? I, I have no problem with Buckner and Solomon Thomas inside on almost every single play. Uh, it just... Have your starting four out there, you know, D Ford and Nick Bosa and both your interior guys. I am cool with that. Eric Armstead, he's going to rotate at the end position, and then you can rotate in guys like DJ Jones. But I want those four guys out there as much as possible, especially whenever you look at, I think it was 77% of plays the 49ers spent in their nickel package. So uh, those guys are going to be your primary people. And if you keep Solomon inside, that's great. Now, Armstead, this is the last year that he will be with the 49ers. They picked up his option. So if a team trades for him, he's not very cheap. And you're going to have to redo a whole deal with him. So that's going to make it even more complicated. Now, let's say the 49ers keep Armstead and you don't intend to sign him next year. There, there's two schools of thought here. One is get what you can now. You know, he's amazing run defender but he doesn't bring much in the passing game and he is being played out of position um, but if you do keep him then what you can do next year is whenever he leaves you'll get uh, draft compensation by the compensatory picks now the issue with that is that only works if you don't sign free agents so if you look at you know how the patriots have 12 picks in the draft this year it's only because they let guys walk they never pay their big players and then on top of that, they don't sign free agents until after the May 7th deadline. Uh, you sign them after that date, then it doesn't go into the compensatory pick formula. So with the 49ers, we're very active in free agency. So that comp pick uh, formula doesn't really pertain to us because it's just not something that we value. So because of that, um, if you do... If you're 100% sure you're going to walk away, I think we are able to now. We have that um, freedom with the Nick Bosa pick, uh, but I don't think you can get more than a fourth for him because he's not cheap and you would have to do a deal for him. So um, it, that, that's kind of what it is. Hopefully we keep them both and we play them where they're supposed to play. And I, I think the depth on the D-line, because as of now we have five first-round draft picks on the defensive line, which I'm pretty sure we're the only NF, uh, NFL team that can boast that. Perhaps it's nothing to brag about that we keep having to pick the same position because we haven't addressed what we really needed but this offseason it is addressed you know you go out and you get d ford who insane edge rusher he's not the best defensive end but he's a 
the ideal pass rusher. And then you partner that with Nick Bosa. And that's what I want to talk about now. Nick Bosa, you know, out of Ohio State, he's the number one player on my big board by a lot. Um, I, I, I have a tier. I do my rankings in tiers, and Bosa was by himself. And then there was a tier below that. Um, and so I love Nick Bosa. Six foot four. 266 pounds, ran a 4.7940, which is great, 33-inch arms. Uh, not ideal, but <laughs> the, the most important thing about his measurables is his quads. Good Lord. Um, if you watch, go back to the combine, you see how big his quads are. It is impressive. You can see where he gets his power from. So I want to go through my scouting slash coaching notes uh, just on his film. And I've watched more film on Nick Bosa than I have on any prospect Um Basically, every single game the past two seasons, I have watched at least once. And he is your exactly how you draw a 4-3 edge rusher. You'd like him to be a little bit longer, but he makes up for that with his elite first step. Now, he's he's not the fastest 40 guy, but his 10-yard time was better than Josh Allen's. So his top-end speed isn't there, but his burst and get off is just elite very heavy-handed and what i mean by that is whenever he puts his hands on the offensive tackle the offensive tackle feels it and moves so he controls the offensive blocker every single time whenever he engages his hands and he has great bend for a bigger guy around the edge and it, it doesn't seem to make sense you know even with his brother joey that was the thing that made him so special and he was the third overall pick to the chargers and it translates to the NFL whenever you see that bend. And the thing that's so important about Nick Bosa is his highlights perhaps aren't the best thing in the world, um, but his film is so consistent. If you want to see a guy that literally changes the entire game, just watch the actual game film. Teams run away from him. They motion guy. They chip block him. They double team him. You can tell with every game you watch the offensive coaches on the opposing team circle this kid and they say, we're not going to let him beat us. And a lot of times he beats them anyway. His his best film was his junior year, which PFF has him graded as the highest defender they've ever graded at the college level in 2017 because he's just so consistent. And so if you want to go watch some of that 2017 film, like he is just always there. Now, um, his hands and hips always go in the opposite direction of each other, which is ideal. Um, he doesn't waste movement. What I mean by that is whenever he swats at the tackle or the offensive lineman, he will make himself skinny to where as he delivers the blow, um, it's very difficult for the tackle to kind of regain and get his hands on them because as he makes his contact, he makes his move all in the same movement. And if you watch the combine, a lot of those positional drills, that's what the coaches are looking for. You know, anybody can just slap a bag hard. That's not what that's about. They're watching the feet and the hips. Can they make contact with the offensive linemen with force and also make themselves skinny and a smaller target so that the linemen will miss and or slip past them? Um He's great at attacking half a man in the pass rusher. This is probably Solomon Thomas's um, worst trait on the edge is every single time Solomon Thomas is rushing the passer on the edge, he hits the offensive tackle in the middle of the chest, and you don't have leverage that way. And what he does, Nick Bosa, is he always attacks the shoulder. So he's not going head up with an offensive tackle ever. Um, you're going to lose that battle. He understands leverage, and he understands how to always be on the edge. Um 
very disciplined player when it comes to run game and gap responsibilities. He understands how to take proper pursuit angles. He does not get beat outside. He doesn't, if it's a running play or a stretch, an outside run to his side, he does not get up the field. Um, he's very, very disciplined in the fact that he keeps his shoulders and hips parallel to the line of scrimmage. And he just doesn't take wasted steps. So that's the thing. Like You can talk about all these other pass rushers that a lot of Twitter loves, but this kid is the complete defensive end. He's not D forward where he's just a pass rusher. He is a complete. Like He will be the best run-stopping defensive end we have, and he'll be better than Eric Armstead day one as soon as he steps up there as far as against the run. The only negative that I had about him was his pursuit – after the ball leaves the pocket or the quarterback throws it or whatever, it's not ideal. <laughs> um, you know, he, he plays with a very high motor for the first four seconds. If the play goes longer than that, you're not going to see him chasing down screens um, down the field. It's not really his game. He goes all out every single play, but you can kind of see it ticking down after <laughs> the first four or five seconds so it's a small uh, thing i don't want to knock him on effort because his efforts elite he doesn't take any plays off but if it's a toss to the other side he's not a guy that you're going to see chase chasing down 30 yards down the field now his sacks and everything he has 18 sacks and 117 pressures on 50, 581 pass rush snaps that is bananas um, because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's getting a hundred more than 100 hurries on just under 600 pass rushing snaps. That means one out of every five plays, this guy, pass, pass plays, he is in the quarterback's face. That is beyond elite. He's only had six missed tackles in three years. Again, you want to talk about... You know, the difference between him and Solomon Thomas, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock on Solomon Thomas, but a big reason why he hasn't been successful at the next level is missed tackles. He's one of the poorest tacklers um, in the NFL as far as interior or defensive linemen in general, um, Solomon Thomas. But Nick Bosa's six missed tackles in three years is insane. And he had 55 solo snaps, uh, solo stops, where just the only player on the field, he was able to make the play. And I absolutely love this pick. I'm so glad that we didn't get cute and jump around. We got the guy we wanted, and we moved on. So after talking about Nick Bosa, I'm very, very excited. This is an A-plus pick. Um, love this pick. Who is left? So what I want to do now is talk about exactly who the 49ers should be targeting with day two in that pick number 36. Before I do that, however, I do want to say thanks to our sponsor, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. These guys are the absolute best. Any sports memorabilia needs you need, please head over there, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. Let them know the 49ers Rush podcast sent you, and they will be sure to hook you up with whatever it is that you need. All right. Let's talk about round two and what the 49ers should do. So what I want to do is just kind of update you on my big board and the value that I see. My number nine, the highest ranked player that I have left is number nine, and that's Jawan Taylor. Now, I love Jawan Taylor because he's an excellent run blocker, and he performed very, very well against the elite people in the uh, top-tier draft, uh, people that are coming out in the draft, Josh Allen, Montez Sweat, shut him down. Now, the problem with Jawan Taylor and why he's still available, he's just a right tackle. 
and he's not a finesse right tackle at all. So uh, he's only there's very few teams that are going to value him like I do. His tape is great, but again, the issue is he doesn't fit everybody. Number eleven, I have Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington, and Greedy Williams, number twelve out of LSU. The cornerback position has been the most drafted position in the NFL in the first round for the past decade, and it was not the case today. Uh, One corner goes, two safeties, and that's it. Um, There are top-tier corners that are available. So Byron Murphy and Greedy Williams I do not think will last very long. Pick number 18, Dalton Reisner, offensive lineman out of Kansas State, just – can play all five positions, mean as hell. Pick number 20, Rocky Sin Temple. Um, not pick number, but this is just my big board in their overall rankings. Number 21, Eric McCoy. Amazing offensive guard out of Texas A&M. And if your goal is to win your division and stop your division opponents from their best thing, Eric McCoy is the guy. You, you want to stop Aaron Donald? Not saying he could do that, but he is the perfect pick at a huge position of need. Um, I love Eric McCoy. I would love that pick to be there. 23, Nasir Adderley, one of my favorite safeties. Uh, he is my number one overall safety out of Delaware. Uh, Jay Sternberger, number 24, tight end out of Texas A&M. He's one of the guys that I just fell in love with, and I really thought the Patriots were going to take him. But when the wide receiver fell, why not? Uh, you know, they got Nikhil Harry, which the NFL shouldn't have let him do. Pick 25, Kelvin Harmon, wide receiver, NC State. And um, overall ranking number 26, Hakeem Butler, Iowa State. And then the last two guys that I have a first-round grade on are number 29, DK Metcalf, which everybody knows, and number 30, Cody Ford. So those are my 30 um, first-round grades, which I had 30 this year, which is more than normal. If I had it my way, <laughs> which unfortunately I'm not the GM, but I, I trust in John Lynch, um, I would absolutely love to get a guy like Dalton Reisner. He is the perfect fit. He'd start at guard year one um, at pick 36, and then we could move him over to tackle once Joe Staley finally does retire. We shore up that offensive line, and our offensive line would be mean as hell if we did this with this pick. Now, the, the question is this. There's going to be a lot of trades. As the draft goes on, this is where more trades happen. I think we made it through the first 10 picks. Uh, the The 10th pick was the first trade in the NFL draft this year. But then you saw uh, trades started flying around like crazy. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of trades. So if the 49ers could drop back you know, from 36 to like 40-41 and pick up something for next year, whether that's you know additional second-round pick or just something like that, I really think that would be beneficial. But – I will continue, and hopefully I'll be back with you guys tomorrow and talk about the second and third round and some more great picks. But hopefully everybody's enjoying this. And if you have any questions about the draft or anything, please hit me up on Twitter. All questions will be answered at JL underscore Chapman, at JL underscore Chapman. And, man, hey, we get at least two more 49ers tomorrow. So it's going to be a great day, and thanks for listening.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.